Let me share with you too about the many of them are falling short. Yeah. Yeah. Because we ought to not be surprised. We're in where we are in this world because of leadership. I mean, you're going to make a bold statement for us here at Harvest. In Harvest, we're here at the place where God has brought us because God has placed leadership in place. That's right. integrity to get us to a place. Uh, in my own, I couldn't do it. But with God, I can do all things. That's right. And so I want to encourage you. That's not a pat on my back. That's a, that's a pat to my God. How powerful he is. That's right. How good he is. How great he is. What he could do. When I'm watching, and so for me today is watching and others hear the word of God, applying it to their lives, and then change. Amen. You know, I'm excited because I, I heard, you know, and I want to show you what leadership Then you get up off of yours and do what God called you to do. I got a young man here. You know what? He made a decision to step out and step out by faith. And you know what? He had to get on a plane and travel to a whole other state. A whole lot of states to the other side of the country and, and get what he needed to come back to this one so he could do what he needed to do for himself and his family. Amen. Boy, how encouraging that is to me. Because guess what? He didn't come back and tell us, well, they didn't give me this. Nobody did that for me. Nobody did. He said, I'm going after it. I'm going to get what I need to get so I can change my life. And boy, are we happy. Me and Pastor Rob, he don't even know it. Me and Pastor Rob, we shouted for joy. And Pastor Stedman was with us as well. We heard the testimony because, you know, he needed to pass the test. He did it. And I couldn't wait to see him to talk about it. And he's here today. And so for them, why? Because I'm saying, I love the story uh, uh, when something turns from negative to positive or what people say was. Right. Because all of us got a history in the past. Right? Right. He heard what he couldn't do. Now he tells him what he could do. Because he knows who he is. And he don't have to accept anything less. Neither do you. So let's make clear. Nobody in this room has to walk less than it. Okay? So that means we gotta get our head up. We gotta put our foot. Take a step. And then another step. And let me help you on here. All that, I'm I'm sorry if you're from the old school and you should say, well, if if you take one step, God will take two. <laughs> That's not how it works. God is not taking two steps while you take one. Because if he takes two, you take one. At some point, he's going to outpace you. He'll be way no ahead. Be able to see That's right. So, so yeah, so I need to help. Right. I know they said it sounds good, right? It did. But it's wrong. But what is right is you take a step and God will be with you. You take another step and God will be with you. That's right. You take another step and God will be with you. And I'm going to show you again in the scriptures throughout he gave us leaders, leaders to do. And when I think, when I think of a leader, my greatest leader, other than Jesus, I got to show you, you know, David was great, did a lot of great things. Paul was great, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But the greatest leader to me that exists in the Bible is Nehemiah. Nehemiah is the greatest leader I've ever read about when I read about this young man and hear his heart. Yeah. It's so powerful because here's a young man who, who asks a question about a place where his heritage was. And so I'm going to start thinking we know that there's more to it, no matter where we were born. And you know, by the way, they are born on the wrong side of the tracks doesn't make sense. Because both sides of the tracks belong to God. Amen. So it doesn't matter. Give me the same opportunity and I'll show you what I can do. Right. Through the word of God. But Nehemiah, look at this. When I think of great leader, I think of Nehemiah, who showed great character in captivity and in freedom. The leader that God called him to be, no matter what his circumstances or situation was. When I get Nehemiah, he was powerful because in the midst of being in captivity, his character is what gave him favor. Right. Listen to this. Y'all need to know this because character will give you favor in spite of whatever else is going on. So I constantly ask for favor first and foremost with God. Then they ask him to give me favor with man. 
So when I have favor with God, so when I do walk before men, then all of a sudden, things and doors open up that you couldn't have expected. And I know it couldn't have been me. Because in the natural, you know, and typically if we talk about where we come from and where we've done it, so it wouldn't have opened for me based off of man's standard. But because of God, he had the door swing wide open. And I've learned something. When the door is open, for me, I'm walking through. Amen. Okay? Because I will never experience what's on the other side if I don't go through the door. That's right. So I can't let fear, intimidation, uh, the unknown, anything stop me. Right? And Nehemiah, when, so also, when God's looking, or let me say this, when somebody's looking, and when somebody's not looking, am I still a man of integrity? Am I still a person of character? See, just the real character comes out is when you alone, or when your back's right. against the wall. Am I going to break down and change and do something scrupulous uh, just because? You know, and I'm share with you. And the church should be leading the way. And so what happens the enemy? I, I share with you. If you get attacked on any given day, let me just tell you about this. And it's true. If you get attacked on any given day, I want to tell you, think about me. It must be ten times more. Why? If I can't put the man of God down, I get all of you. Well, Amen. Because when there's no integrity, and if I fail you, you will let right. look at me, who's supposed to be hearing from God. And now I'm not following it. And then you get upset, then he gets you. So he did, I call it the can can sale. Ten for one. <laughs> for the price of one. There it right? is. And, and I want to shoot. So I'm constantly asking God to keep my head up, lift God did I make it from my my character is I look to God for my understanding. I look to God for correction and reproof. I look to God for That's correction. Right. That's I, right. I can preach. I've learned how to, right? But my ability to learn to do that, right? Right. But I, every time I get up here, I don't ever want to come up here where I don't have a, a little trepidation because I say, God, I need you. Amen. And I need you to guide me. Guess what? And I, I want, when y'all get up, I want it to be life changing to your life. I don't want to preach something tickling to your ear to make you feel good. I want to make something that will make you change, make you better. Amen. Make you stronger. And so Nehemiah's character represents that. And when he talks about in captivity and in freedom. In other words, when he when when the king was around, he was he had integrity. When the king wasn't around, he had integrity. That's right. And your your character will bring you before great men. Your gift will. So and let me go tell turn to Nehemiah chapter one, verse ten. Let me give you some scripture on it and then we go from there. Amen. I'm all over this and thinking about it and, you know, just want to hear God and be able to articulate this to you. Nehemiah chapter 1, and I'm, I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible, okay, but you'll, you'll follow it's the same thing, it's very similar. The word or the story of Nehemiah, son of Hilkiah, now the month of Shelah, in the 20th year of the Persian king. As I was in the castle of Shushan, Hanani, one of the kinsmen, came with certain men from Judah, and I asked them about surviving Jews who had escaped the exile and about Jerusalem. Let me stop right there. Let y'all know that Jerusalem has been torn down for years. Jerusalem has been invaded and taken over by its enemies. Remember this, when you don't obey God, then he will deal you over so and allow your enemy to right? come in. I don't know he's about you, but I'd rather be in the hands of God. And if I'm going to get a spanking, let God spank me and not my enemies. I love somebody. Y'all going to figure that out soon. Because see, uh, so here they're in exile. Jerusalem is at ruins, right? So uh, the great the great city and all of what they had done coming out of uh, uh uh, out of Egypt with Joshua, all the land they had gained, all of the things they had done, the beautiful temple that was built, all of that was done is now in ruins. 
Let me just share with you. That's how the enemy works. He wants to destroy the things of God. Steal, kill, and destroy. He had loved nothing better to do with you than to steal your joy, destroy you, or kill you. Before you finish and obtain your purpose. He would love to do that. So listen, so we'll follow on. Verse, verse 3. And they said to me, the remnant that is in the province who escaped the exile are in great trouble and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down. And its fortified gates are destroyed by fire. It sounds familiar to me. Yeah. Ah, and he said, listen. And he said, and when I heard this, he said, I sat down and weeped and mourned for days and fasted and prayed constantly before God of heaven. And I said, O oh Lord, God of heaven, the great and terrible God who kept covenant Loving kindness, mercy for those who love him and kept his commands. Let your ears now be attentive to your eye, and your eyes open to listen to the prayer of your servant. And I would share he's using words, eyes and ears. God doesn't have eyes and ears. But that's a word, a metamorphosis, a metamorphic. It's all that he's describing the, uh, the, the things that you and I are familiar with that, that he's taking from the we can kind of connect with what he's asking God to do. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and when he said, he said, let your eyes and ears hear and see. And then he said, and he said, your servant confessing the sins of the Israelites which have sinned against you. Yes, I and my father's house have sinned. He's repenting before it became fashionable. He's repenting before God and confessing his sins before the Lord and saying, even if my fathers never came, they too. I know why they, I know why the city lies in ruin. Because they sinned. And if you allowed their sin to overtake them. Sin will bring death, kill, steal, and destroy. It will bring it. And too often we want to flirt with it and play with it and not realize what it's doing to us. It's been doing for the church. The church has been mediocre in its approach. Yeah, I'm talking to all of you that's out there. You know, I'm, I'm calling you out. I'm calling all of us, you know. And this isn't a hard thing. But I'm saying we got to get up. We're going to get out of our house. We've got to get into the place. We've got to get back to the service. We've got to get back to the place where he said not to forsake the assembly. We've got to do what he said to do. We're going to call him. We're going to be a face in the place so that we can make a difference in our world. Amen. It's got to happen. If you're sitting on the sideline, then you're not in the game. Somebody will get that. Even you that are at home. Said, we have acted, and he said, we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, the ordinance in which you commanded your servant Moses. And so if you go there, you'll see in Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9, where he talks about the ordinance and the standard in which we do uh, communion, baptism, and following his word. And at that point, Jesus had to come. So he was talking about, you know, uh, the, the commandments that he had did uh, there on the mountain with Moses, and he had shared the Ten Commandments, and so that's important. So he said, remember earnestly, verse 8, remember earnestly that you commanded your servant Moses, if you transgress and are unfaithful, I will scatter you abroad and among the nations. Wow. He told them what would happen. But it's a gradual approach, and because he didn't do something right then and there. But if you look back now over history, and you'll see at the time, here they are, the great and mighty Israelites in ruin. The gates have been burned down. Yeah. No fortification. No protection. Family scattered. Yeah. Nehemiah is a servant in a foreign king's land. I'm going to show you. His integrity had the king had keep him above his own people. I always wondered why 
Uh, and I understand, you know, this whole point of they captive and, and they were slavery. But I don't know. If I made somebody captive and, and uh, would, I don't know if I'd have them close to me. Bring me a drink. I'm worried about they want to take me out. There it is. But his own people would be the ones that were more interested in taking out. And Nehemiah's integrity and character had him close to the king. Yeah. Where he was the king's cupbearer. And y'all know what that title is? Cupbearer means he drinks whatever the report for the king first to make sure it wasn't poison. That's right. And if he fell over, the king got another one and he sure didn't drink that one. He probably went and killed the chef and everybody else too. Right? The cook and whoever served the food, they all died. But, uh, but Nehemiah served him with joy and happiness. And but the anointing of God was on his life and his character yes. was without reproach. So look, he, he said, he said, he said, and, and so Moses talked about being faithful. So Nehemiah was faithful. He said, but if you return to me and keep my commands and do them through your outcast, where your furthest parts of heaven and expense to the outer space, yet will I gather them from there and I will bring them to a place where you have chosen to set my name. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. If the name of God is not in the house of God, it's the church of God. So I'm sharing with those of you that watch me on TV that God to get up out of the house. You've got to get back into the house. You've got to get back into the place where his name is. You've got to get back to the place where he calls to. Yeah. I know it's convenient. I know it's nice. I'm just telling you, we've got to get here to do it. And so we got to not get weary and well do it. My job is to fill you back up so you can go back out. There it is. And there's nothing like being in the presence of God, in the spirit of God. Amen. No distractions. This, this can't be about convenience. It has to be about God. Verse 10. He said, now these are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by the great power of your strong hand. So Nehemiah is talking to God and, and sharing with him what he said in his word to Moses. And now that the people are starting to come back, and he said, there's a place. And he says to him, listen, he says, listen, oh Lord, if your ears are attentive to my prayer, verse 11, he says, if your ears are attentive to my prayer and your servant and the prayer of your servant, whom delight to revere and fear your name, your nature, your attributes, and posture. I pray you, your servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king to the king, a cupbearer. So he's asking God to already touch the hand of the king, who is a heathen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell them to show you the power of God. Yeah, that's right. The king is not King David. He's not a king of Israel. But God's power could even make a change the heart of a king who is not with him. That's right. Amen. So y'all need to know this. That was Nehemiah's prayer. It's the leader that says, Listen, God, I'm gonna need you to turn. That's his right. Heart. That's right. Because I need his power, I respect who he is in the land. Amen. And God, I trust that you had to allow him to be who he is in the land. And because you allowed him, I need you to deal with his heart because I'm talking about a matter for you. That I come to kingdom work. Uh, he's trying to build his own kingdom, but I want to do yours. Amen. Y'all need to hear that. This is Nehemiah gets this all in place. And the reason this is so important because Nehemiah is going to now go to the king and the king sees him with a sad face. And you can read the story, you did pray, and I love it. So you read it, it's a Nehemiah's now got a sad face. And the king and his wife, we show you how important it was, his wife respected him too. The two of them That's said, powerful. they looked at him and they said, something wrong. They said, I have never seen you, listen to this statement, 
I have never seen you before in the presence of the king with this type of countenance. That's right. So here's what I'm trying to say. He served with joy. He served with gladness. He served with honor. He served with respect. So they've never seen him frown. They've never seen him. But so they've seen whoa, something seriously wrong. Right. And he tells them. He said, I prayed and I found the land that my forefathers, he that, that he was born in captivity. He never been in Jerusalem. Don't need to hear this. He he was never there. But he's on a mission because he got purpose in his life. Leaders have purpose. You gotta be following your purpose, and it doesn't matter that you've never been there before. God will show you the way through a revelation. In fact, he said, Come, take a walk with me. Yes. And if you're willing to walk with God, God will show you where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. Church, you can't tell you it may be simple to just get up and he sent somebody your way and they needed you to show them joy. Mm, they Jesus. needed to see uh, a smiling face. There might be a young man or someone that a young woman, young girl that come your way, they come into the ministry and you need to give a word to tell them, I see you doing That's so right. and so. That's right. That's right. And they'll say you wow. No one ever told me they seen me doing anything, but they told me what I could be and what I couldn't be. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see. We, That's right. We, we, That's and right. So, and so there's some, and particularly right now, this generation is allowing the negative impact, the negative thought. They didn't allow, they misinterpreted discipline. They misinterpreted truth. And then, so all of a sudden, you, you, you hurt my feelings or something. And no, I'm telling you the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. Uh. But I'd rather have it true. That's real character too, because that means I'll share what I have to share, what I need to share. And so this is where God is leading us. So to, to Nehemiah, Nehemiah's character before the king, and I, I gotta tell you a story before I even go into my message, is he goes and the king says to him, Wow, what's going on? I'm paraphrasing. I've never seen your account like this before. And he says, My father's forefathers place Jerusalem lies in ruin. The gates have been burned down. So you remember he talked to Hananiah. Hananiah shared with him what was going on there. He had never seen it. He had never been out of there. And when he prayed, God released him into purpose. Every great leader will discover his purpose and he has to get up and he has to go. He has to do something. That's right. Now hold it. He doesn't have the ability to go on his own. Right. He can. He doesn't control his life. His life is in the hands of the king. But he prayed correctly. He asked God to touch the heart of the king to show me mercy and grace and favor. Uh, Huge. Y'all need to get this to see. All of that comes from God the Father. But people don't have it. Not naturally. That's right. We don't. But he puts it in the king's heart. And the king says, What do you need? <laughs> he said, I need to go see the land. And he says, I'm going to need. He said, First, none of his, this is important. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. This is important. This is super important. I just got this from God. Read it down, Lord. He says to the king, I need temper to rebuild the gates because the protection of the fortification of the enemy coming into your life keeps coming in because there's no gates to protect wow. Now I'm talking about spiritual gates. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm clear on what I'm talking about. There's some gates I need to help you with to protect us to keep the enemy from invading our house and our hearts and our lives. That we keep letting in through the eye gate, Woo! through the ear gate, through the smell gate, oh, through the verbal gate. This is the most dangerous one. 
right? These gates have all been burned down. But God, he asked the king this, this spiritual significance. He said, King, I'm going to need timber to build up the gates. Yeah. And then he hadn't even seen it yet. He got a toward the land. But he, I love what he did. He heard what they said and he asked the king for the material to do it. And on top of that, I love him. So the king took his ring. So the king didn't sign papers at that time. They stuck their ring in the ink and they put their ink right. on the seal. And here's what he said. I king. This is me, Dr. Ray Paraphrase. I king of Persia, the great king of Tavis, is now releasing uh, uh, Nehemiah to go uh, to Jerusalem. And he's going to be coming through your woods, uh, the, the guy with the temple. And he said, Listen, I want you to give him whatever he needs. You got to get When the king says, I'm making fun. He also put the king on it and, and sent army and men with him. That's and if right. anybody touched him, I want y'all to release him and call back, and I will release my army to destroy him. Wow. Um, he wow. He does it with people. Everything has to be done with people, but it was character that it caused it to happen. Yes. No character, no support. And we wonder why stuff sometimes. Wow. Because we're not dealing with our deficiencies. We're not dealing with our weaknesses. I want to help, I want to strengthen and encourage everybody because this is a place where we got to go. I help us have them, but we all got to do it. And I have to be willing enough to do it. Because yeah. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission for God. And I can't do it without, I can't do it by the way I used to be and what I used to do. That's right. That's right. Uh, That's right. Got to fresh. Eat your head. <laughs> See what's been attacked. Oh, watch you see what's what's going on. Uh, why don't you check up here and see where things are we're going on going around. Oh, let me check that gate. What about the sand? How about the talk? Oh, let me help me. What I've been listening to. Right. What about the hearing? Oh, 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 oh. What am I going to see? Look at that. What am I looking at? Right. What am I keeping before me? So they take a survey. He said, okay, we got to work on those gates. We're gonna, they're all damaged. Yeah. Uh, they're all damaged. I'm going to come in. That was me. When I came in, they were all damaged. I had to work on all of them. There were not one gate. Not one gate. Uh, but I had to be willing to do it. So listen. Nehemiah does it and surveys the land. I'm, I'm talking about character. Let me go here. So here's my message. So I, now, that was, that was not the message. Even the message. All right? <laughs> the greatest obstacle to leadership and success is deficiency, a deficient of character. If we could teach a leader one thing that I believe that will preserve his leadership and even his very life, it would be the priority of character. Internal values and principles that one is committed to 
that manifest in one's life with ethical conduct. Say it one more time. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Do I need to read that again? Yes. yes. I'm going to do it one more time. Yes. The greatest obstacle to leadership success is a deficient of character. If we could teach a leader one thing that I believe would preserve his leadership and even his very life, is it would be the priority of character. Internal values and principles that one committed to and that manifest in one's life through his ethical conduct. In other words, you've got to be willing to allow the word of God to go in and uh, do a deep clean. Yeah. And then you got to allow the word of God to keep you with the situation. You tell me, well, this is what I used to do, but now this is what I'm going to do. Because now the ethical character says, no, I can't do that anymore. Right. So just, the Bible does not say, don't do this, don't do that. By the way, so if all of you uh, don't do it, it doesn't say that anywhere. But what happens is revelation and information from God, there's some things that I realize don't fit in my life no more. No more. Yes. They're uncharacteristic of the character of who he's called me to be. So they just don't work for me. Just because it exists in the world doesn't mean it's for me. Amen. We do not have to be the world. We must be clearly stand apart. The ecclesia is the called out one, not the called in ones. That's right. And this is the part, you know, and I use Nehemiah because to me, he's the greatest example that I, I found in the Bible and, I, and he lived it out. And so listen, in the world leadership training, there is a bunch of seminars. I mean, we're, we're a school of leadership here. We're a church of leadership. Right? But all over, right? I mean, buzzword, leadership is everywhere. Everywhere. Pastor, listen to this. Everywhere. But Ms. Monique, one thing's missing. I don't hear them talking about character. Oh. In fact, in leadership, watch this. I wrote it down. Listen, in leadership training, there's a bunch of seminar workshops and other instructions. On leadership, purpose, vision, passion, right? Academic courses available to leaders, principles, business management, team building, so forth, on and on and on, right? Listen, all that goes on, right? I ain't gonna ask you this. While they, while they focus mainly on the mechanics of leadership, how many courses and training sets do you see offered on the topic of character? Wow. Forming strong values. Just think about it. If you're in a, go look at the last magazine you got and then came and talked about leadership. Look at the last email you got about leadership this and leadership that. And see if any of it is any. So that's mechanics. Right? I'm talking about the internal part of God housed on the inside. Character. Oh. That's powerful. How? On how? Listen to this. Listen. Character formation and establish strong values. How about that? How about that, Sister Debbie? Strong values. Right? Where are they? Okay. Listen. And he said, he says, how on how to live according to one's conscience. Not compromising one standards. There's a few, but not many. Not many courses out there. Not many people talking about it. There are not many pastors talking about this. We talk about do this, name it, claim it, we you know, come on in. This is gonna be the year of blessing. I'm gonna share something with you. This is a tremendous time of blessing in terms of for, for, for the house of God and the people of God. But if you do not have character, it won't last long. That's right. So they forgot to tell you that part. And I'm tired of seeing us, uh, you know, now let me show you. Hills and valleys is inconsistent in everything in life. And, and matter of fact, my journey to my next mountaintop experience, I have to come down off the mountain I'm on to get to the next one. Okay? So it told me to go through 
the valley and the shadow of, God, of death. Can, is it safe like a tent? And you can make a house. Can't see. And it also describes it as a shadow, which means it can't harm you. And I love it. Bruce reminded me, he said, if I see a shadow, what does that tell me? That the sun, the S-O-N, is shining because it's the light of the sun that causes the cast of a shadow. Yes. Somebody shout out. I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. But when are we going to trust him enough to believe? Ah, oh, may help you. So if you fall down, right? Please stop. Don't get back up. That ain't going to test this, you get, I want you to get up. But if you're going to fall down, at least fall down looking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can get up and say, down here it's just not going to work. Okay. That's right. I don't know about you, but I never want to be down again in my life. I don't want to be both of us discussing this ever again in my life. And by the fact, I, I intentionally plan to do that. By, by being obedient to the word of God. And, and I, I believe it's going to happen. In fact, I know it's going to happen. Okay. But I, it, it doesn't come without a cost. Okay. It ain't just because you just need a blessing. What you going to do with it? Oh, come on. If I give you multi-million dollars, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to help the kingdom or are you just going to live a lot lavishly? I get a chance to, I watch TV a little bit, and I see that uh, uh, HG, HGTV, I like watching that, because I've been home and stuff, right? And, uh, but I watch the one, um, million dollar home, million dollar, uh, whatever. And, and, and these people are just ridiculous. They, they're just ridiculous. They, they want glamorous, gorgeous houses, and that's it. Their lives are just a wreck. Just a mess. And I'm thinking, now that's existing. And not live. And that's worth work. I don't care how nice the house is. Oh, can you can you can you can you minister to somebody there? Can you can you come and sit on the couch? Are you going to continue to be who you are? Or is the house going to dictate you what you are? Nehemiah, let me get back to the story. Listen. So listen. He says, on how to live according to one's conscience, not compromising one's standing, not meaning the vital aspect of leadership is being overlooked to our own detriment. And so I'm coming back to the house of God saying, hey guys, we got to look at our character. The moral compass. Where is it? And what's going on? Moral deficits frequently lead to people, to negative or ruinous consequences, such as missing out on promotion and advancement, being fired from a job, losing their life savings, betraying their family, surrendering their lifelong dreams, going to prison. Leaders must know how to establish a solid foundation for living, which will sustain him and keep him or her from the right on the right path in times of uncertain temptation. And he said, Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world on your behalf. And the trials and tribulations and, and, and temptation would come. So I can't, they're going to show up. They'll be knocking at your door. The question is when you look through the people, or better still now, we got great. When rain show up and you recognize it is temptation, you should say, don't want none. Thank you. You know, you, you come not so the rain comes and you're there. You get to see it before you let it in. Oh, everything happens with a warning first. So we have to be prepared to not allow it in. And he said, listen, change isn't changing until you change. And if you go through a self-examination of your life in the areas of where you're weak, it will happen again. Let me tell you that. Every area. 
If you don't know how to identify and take ownership, if this area is not mine, especially when God gives people in your life that can help you with that, you might just do something. You know what? I'm going to choose, I'm going to convert to your on this one because that's one of my weaknesses. You may have a strength in another area when they convert to you. But, so, but Nehemiah, he, 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 he shares this so his character, the final aspect of leadership being overlooked, our identity. Moral deficits, people being people with negative feelings and consequences, and missing out on emotions, and asking to be fired, job losing, and life taking care. All that stuff goes on. A leader must know how to establish a sound foundation to sustain their life in uncertain temptations in Christ. Good character, moral forces, is is like a personal security system. We need one. You know, uh, I love the idea, the ring, when the bell rings, you can see the person that talked to me. But it also became, quickly went to become a security system when this person put your door back. Why does it become a security system? Well, people were having packages delivered. And packages are things, they got, they got people that realize packages being delivered. And the, the man set it on the steps, and the cruiser would follow the truck, go right behind the man and pick the truck, the package up. It's a rack. Right. But really, gives you to see them, and then you speak to them. Hey, can they don't go to truth when you're in the house or they, They're not sure. And usually it scares them off. So it became a security system as well. So that's the whole thing. So character is like a personal security system. You're going to have longevity in your life. You'll be able to have power and favor. Why? Because you got character. It'll protect you from those problems. It'll protect you. It'll protect you from the lot. Woo! And for that thing, for the war, I thought, lady, it'll take protect it from Bobo. <laughs> when the intentions is not right. <laughs> True leadership always has been built on strong character. That is why we need new respect and essential leader quality. Not only that, but we must immediately begin to promote restoration. And that's what I'm talking about. This is a time of restoration. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. And all of you got a pass. But I'm going to be, I'm taking a stand for God's word. I will put your past behind you. As far as the east is from the west. Amen. So I don't want to know about it. What I do want to know about is your future. What I want you to start adhering to is your future. I need you to start taking a look at it because I'm not going to be the police force in your life. You have to do your own security system. You have to protect yourself from going uh, into these places, areas that you know are going to destroy your life. You know, that's the sad part of how uh, where we are in our lives and through different things that just committed. It is, we already know and we still trust. Check like it's going to change because of the, let me just peek at it. Like it's going to change. And then that's what Lord did. No, no, Talking about moral deficits in our lives and places of weakness. So listen, so listen, the foundation must be strong. Many leaders today are attempting unsuccessfully to separate ethics of their personal life and responsibility in public life. And let me share with you this is across the board, it's in the church. It's in the government, it's in business, it's in sports, it's in every area and facet of our life. I can take somebody in every one of those areas that have had moral deficits of their character failure that has led the demise and the destruction. I see, you know, and now I gotta say, and I believe he served the time in, in New Jersey. He reminds me of him. But uh, my, one of my favorite quarterbacks was one so much for him. You know, he was so fast and he had an arm and he had everything. Michael Vick. Michael Vick. And I thought, man, I just want to see this guy achieve. 
And you know what? He allowed some friends and cousins and family to get him back into where he came from and to deal with him. And what he doing? Betting on dog fight. When he had the biggest contract in the history of NFL football. And lost it. All. Wow. Let me go to Bernie, Bernie Madoff. This guy has to be, I mean, he has to be close cousins with the devil. What would make a man destroy his own mother? He scared her. $50 million. Billion. 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 Let me share with y'all. Let me tell y'all something about $50 billion. You can't even spend $50 billion in your lifetime. You'll never go broke. It's, it's impossible. Never Seriously. It's, it is impossible for you to spend as a person. You would have to be at the store buying things or being at buying you buy the, um, for over a hundred years and most people don't live that long. But that you you just can't spend it all in a lifetime. It's, and you could buy the silliest stuff. That's how much money that is. And this guy didn't stop until he destroyed it. His own son committed suicide. Because he said, he was shamed that this is my father. He said, I, I can't walk in the street and have the name Murdoch. And people know who I am and know my father. I'd rather not live. My let me show you what the judge said. He said, you know, if you ever been to court, they usually ask, you got some family and friends and relatives, or you know anybody in court to write a letter for you. Character witness. It's called character witness. The judge in Bernie Madoff's case stood up and said, my God. He said, Mr. Murdoch, I got no letters of character approval on your behalf, which tells me something about you. I've already come to a conclusion that you must lack character to do and be who you are. When no one in your family, none of your uh, 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 associates, other business, not one person wrote a letter. That's huge. And he That's said, huge. We got to go through the trial because it's what you're entitled to. But that tells me a whole lot about who you are. And I've never had, I've never walked with you a day in my life. No character. It's the one thing that was missing, y'all. Share with y'all. This is important. And let me share. Listen. We can easily understand why leaders who are ethically defects loses their trust in their problem of, of their followers. Because we have all experienced some type of betrayal, as well as pain and anger that generates. I tell people here, we share with you, our church and all of you that have listened. The moment I stop following God, right. But as long as I'm following God, I say follow me. Because this is about Jesus. Okay, and it's clear to see. Uh, I've had a I've had a glass pulpit all my career. Why do you, and I love talking about that? Why is my flat, my uh, pulpit glass? Glass is transparent. Mm. You can see through it. That means I can't hide behind it. I can't hide because you still see. It. Amen. Transparency is important. So listen, as well as the pain and anger that is generated, perhaps you've been overcharged. And these are some ideas. You've been overcharged for service repair. Or your house has been broken into and robbed. You've been blindsided by an unfaithful spouse. Or you had a colleague gossip about confidential information to share. You understand what it means to be a victim of someone who is operating with, with a character defect. As a leader, we must ask ourselves, Am I, this is the question I ask myself, I want all of you to lead here today to ask yourself, are you, am I, in any way, violating the trust of those that you have placed their faith in me? 
That's a question. Next question. What impact am I having on those who influence and affect in my, by my behavior? Let me show you a part of my own mother. I love my mother. My mother's been good to me. And I say to her, Mom, and I'm a baby boy. That's right. I, I got some of the things the other kids didn't get. Because they were different, time was different. But listen. And I said to her, Mom, can't get up there every day anymore. Or get it, you know, my brother and sister is there about every day. I can't come up. I even sometimes get to call her today because I come in here, my day starts and I get so busy. And it's three days. Uh, she saw my daughter the other day. She told my daughter, I'm mad at your father. She said, uh, I haven't heard from him in three days. And uh, I get it. So I, when I got the message, I called. <laughs> but my point is, she had I shared with her. I said, Mom, I'm called for something that's really important. I said, God has given me this responsibility of people to my life and the school. And I said, it's huge. And I said, Mama, don't take it lightly. Your lives are, are, are you know, important. And this is the part. And I, I can't, I don't want to fail. So I don't get up. I don't love you any less, Mom. But I may not be able to get up and see you as often as I did. I even sometimes forget the card because when I get in, all of a sudden, one thing after another starts happening. And when I turn around, it's 4 o'clock. I mean, you're yeah. And then, at 4 o'clock, when they, everybody else left, they get out of here, right? Then I go to work. I sit there, and, and, and Lady A, she can contest you my evidence. Because now there's nobody around. I can at least go to my computer and open an email. <laughs> so then I stay for another two, three hours. And this has been, but, but my point is, is saying, I, I, want, I work hard at it because people block their involved. And right. I hope my character and who I am and what I represent is an example before you to share with all of you to encourage you to move forward in what he called you to. By the way, God is not a respected person. I want to tell you right now, if he can do it for me, he'll do it for you. I know it to be true. Right? So I, I want us to to get there and so check our behavior check ourselves out right because once you lose the trust of others it's very difficult to win back yeah yeah it is i, I thank god for giving grace and you Amen. know and uh i've had many things happen to me in my life and i have to forgive um but i do have a problem and then y'all need to admit it too y'all got it as well i got a memory <laughs> and in my memory i don't forget but I do forgive. And sometimes I do got to cast some stuff out so I don't hear it and see it. Because it's in the memory bank. But it's there. And so, as a leader, a leader who desires to be strong and effective will summons the courage to identify the root and root out his weaknesses. This is important, y'all. Get this. Preventing them from growing into larger, more damaging issues. Take the time to look at your life now. Call it out. You call it out. When you call it out, and you deal with it. Right. If you'll do that, I guarantee you, you will strengthen and strengthen your life. Because that will cause you to now deal with that, which could cause more damage and even be a bigger problem. And I'm probably going to end right here and I'll pick, pick this up next week. The priority of character. Number one, purpose and vision. That's the number one priority of character. Number two, potential and ability. You can have purpose and a vision, but if you don't have potential, potential and an ability to do something, it doesn't matter. Right? And then the most important thing, number three, value, ethics, and principle. That is the more, I believe out of the three, this is the most important. Yeah, yeah. Value, yeah. ethics, and principle. I want you all to tell you all a little secret. The Bible is built on the principles of God. I want to tell you another secret. Laws can
can be broken, principles cannot. That's right. Y'all need to know that. Laws can be broken. So when they make a law, there can be another law or something else that counteracts and cause that to break. Right? right? The law of gravity is a law. So if gravity is in play, I push a hold it up, drop it, it's going down. Gravity will pull it down because of the rotation of the earth, right? But the law of thrust will supersede the law of gravity. Thrust is what allows the airplane to stay in the air. Right. It goes against another law. So I can break it. Oh, let me just a simple one. That's a, I don't know, that's a complicated one. Here's a simple one. There's a red light. You can decide to stop because it said, go oh, stop. That's obeying the law. Or you can go through the red light. That's disobeying the law. Right. The, right? But the red light itself won't stop you. It's your character of knowing what the law is. It can't. But the principle is, if I obey the principles of the land, then it can't affect me, which means at that point, I can't go through. Nothing bad should happen to me because if I'm stopping the light, I'm not going to go through and I won't be in an accident. Second thing you know is that if I go through the red light, I can't be pulled over because I didn't do anything wrong. You know, so I'm just saying, there's protection in security of your character and your conscience. It will keep stuff from happening to you. Uh, I, 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 I look at some people that always something happens. And I tell them, why are they always doing something? <laughs> and then they want somebody else to, they want you to, 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 to look at it differently. Yeah, I know somebody. Okay. Like that. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, so the priority of character, and I'll talk more about it. Nehemiah possessed <coughs> all of these characteristics. I'm gonna finish this. I'm out of time. I'll finish it next week. But it's important. He had a purpose and vision. He had potential and ability. But the most important thing, his values and ethics and principles, was to go repair land for his forefathers and for people. He didn't even know. Cousins he had never even met. And when he got there, I need to tell you all the day, this is the one thing he did. He also did something that nobody else could do. Three, two other people, Zerubbabel, started to try to rebuild. Ezra came after him. All of these guys attempted to do it. And we fell short of completing it. The one thing I do know, not knocking anything about them, the difference in them is what the anointing and the character that was on Nehemiah's life to give him the ability and the strength. But more than that, he had favor. And I believe that even the things I've experienced in my life, my own personal life, is the favor of God. And I've asked for it. And, and I thank God for him sharing that in my life. doesn't mean it doesn't come without a cost. Okay? It doesn't come without a price. But it's worth it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We honor you and give you honor and glory in this place. I thank you for the word that was brought forth already. God, I pray for those that are watching via the air. God, I pray that somebody's life will be changed. Somebody heard what I had to say. Somebody's character is being worked on right now. I think somebody developed the strength to look at their defects and their weaknesses. I thank you, Father, today that I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to strengthen those. God, just as you're working on my legs with PT, you're strengthening muscles that I didn't even use for a long yes, time. I God. thank you, God, that they were strengthening the character of building up from the Word of God and revelation knowledge that comes from you. Thank you, O oh God, for allowing us to be in this place. I thank you for the move of God that's happening in this house, for the people of God that you're doing right now. The changes that you're placing on their hearts. I want to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise because of it. Because you are a good and great God. Yes, and how mighty is our God. As the worship had gone forth earlier, God, you are an awesome God. And you are a powerful God. And we love you because of it. Not for the things that you've done for us, God. We love you for just being our God. Thank you. And thank you for changing lives of each and every person that's here right now at the South Level and those that are watching. I pray their lives will be different tomorrow, starting today. In fact, God, I already know it can't start tomorrow. It must start now. Now is the most important moment to everything we do in our lives, that now you're making a difference. 
And so thank you, oh God. Thank you for the change. Thank you for your character. Thank you for downloading into us, God. And thank you, God, that we will be obedient to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right there. You know, I was reading an article that said, you know, we need to bring back altar calls. You know, a lot of churches don't even do the altar call anymore. Uh, I'm going to share with you. Uh, I said, I like that idea because I, I want to be invited. I want to get saved. I, I want to come to the front. Glory to God. I thought the light was going to pop on me. They were going to beam it on me. Everything was going to happen. That didn't happen. But I was looking for it. <laughs> but, I, but I was glad to be born again. I'll tell you, it was, it was I'm coming from my experience. Coming from where I came out of, I was happy that God was seen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. I just want to say, if there's anybody here that doesn't have not taken the time to receive Jesus Christ as Lord, I don't, you don't need to be afraid. It's simple. It's a matter of what you said in the Bible. Confess out of my mouth and believe in my heart and do so. Because I want you to do that with you. Because I want you to be completely covered. And so, so if you've never done that, it's okay. I need you to come right now. If that's you, if you're here, I want you to do that. And, it's okay. and if you've done it, we're good to go. Let's move on. All right? And then secondly, if you're here and you said, you know what, Pastor, I'm really enjoying this. I need a home church. I need a place to call my own. And let me share with you, the most important is to belong and to be connected. Yeah. And say, now I tell you, I'll help. I'll help anybody God sends my way um, if you tell me to help them. Right? But it's not like helping y'all. Amen. Hello. So it's important, you know, for ownership and membership to be connected. And I know we have our main thing. But I would say, the Bible says, come as you are. So I've got to know, I have no rules other than, if you want, do you want to be a part of it? Come on up here right now. If you want to be a part, you can come. 